Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all over the world, internationally, domestically, and wherever you may decide, you hear this golden voice, you know what time it is. It is the Game Dev Unchained Podcast. I am one half of the hosting team. My name is Larry Charles. If you are new and just joining us, I have a special guest, longtime friend of mine, Mr. Wham Bam Brandon Fan. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Fab. Welcome to this week's episode. I brought a couple of guests. This is kind of like an, a special all-star episode with yes. our oldies here, Alden Filion, who you might have known from previous episodes, and Ray Graham. How are you guys doing? Hey. Welcome back, guys. It's been a while. Hey, what's, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> so this is a special episode, Ray. Uh, thanks for joining us, Alden, as well. But uh, we figured we'd break the format a bit and talk about issues, developments in the game industry for the past month. And we're going to discuss different points of views. First on the list we're going to talk about is this Donner 2 PC launch. So this right. is something that Ray is passionate about, and I'm going to let him take away what's going on out there. What's going on with Dishonored 2, right? Oh, well, you know, you guys, if you were in the know, you know that uh, it recently launched. It's it's out there. And uh, and it's right now currently on the Steam Reviews, the well-known cesspool that is the Steam Reviews. <laughs> it is uh, sitting at a mixed review rating. And is of course, what is the one of the main issues that always happen with PC games that come out uh, that are also console games is the performance, right? Oh, and so yeah. there's a lot of performance issues. Like, Solar 2 is a great game, uh, but there's some serious, serious performance issues, as usual. Yeah. And and again, people are dogpiling on the Steam reviews to kind of try to bring it down and complain about how bad it is. Uh, yeah. And, and, and yes, I have experienced, like, I've experienced the performance issues. Like, I, I play it... I have a GTX 970, 1080p. Is 1080p is the maximum resolution I can run it at 60 currently on a pretty decent video card. It's not the best video card in the world. It's pretty decent. Their fact, you know, their fact says you need a you need a 1080 if you want to run 60 at any resolution above 10 1080p. Jesus, right? So that's kind of ridiculous and. Yeah, and the game is like honestly, the end. The game doesn't look like it, and we're, there's some topics we're gonna cover later. Some other games we're gonna cover later that look better. Yeah, that perform better as well. But Ooh. you know, so yeah. you know, what do you? So what do you guys think of the whole PC thing? That's going a heavy on? one to start with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a common theme, right? You're like uh, most development teams like aim for consoles, and PC is kind of like the afterthought nowadays, except. Yeah. Unless you're Blizzard. <laughs> but. And I, and I, that's what's disrespectful, right? It's like we have all the PC believers who are like, we are the master race. We have components that we can swap in on a moment's notice to be better than any console alive. And the developers are like, yeah, well, we kind of have to focus on the lowest common denominator. So every time. 
In theory, it's supposed to be the the superior configuration be easier to adapt to. Like, what is it that bad where consoles are so different now? Where the change makes such well, a difference? If any, if anything, consoles are closer to PC spec these days. So what's going right? on? Why, why are we having such a big problem? Because, like, well, you nailed it on the head, folks. Like, you know, we're, you, we all make games, right? So we know how this goes, right? You're, you're pressured for time. You know where most of your bang for buck is going to be. You know where most of your users are going to be. And so you ignore the other thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, that's, and that's one of the things I'm pretty proud that we, like, the last game I worked on was uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist. Mm-hmm. And we actually had a separate PC team that was focused on PC. Four months, for a long period of time, they made sure it ran well. They added extra features, added extra PC-only features, and and uh, we actually did a good job with it, right? But you have to, that costs money, time, mm-hmm. yeah. and, actu- and actually caring, right? About was that it. alongside with the console development, too? It, they were both going at the same time? Yeah, well, yeah, it kind of kind of was staggered a little bit. And I think it came, I think it came out a little bit later than the console version, if I remember correctly. I can't remember, yeah. but we had a team working alongside of us uh, for for months. Yeah. Was it worth yeah, it? Think of, <laughs> Did it was sell it, well on PC? Well, I don't know the no. exact numbers. I don't know. I don't even think the game sold well across the board. But <laughs> but yeah. But the PC version, we added like you know, we added really nice looking uh, tessellation. Added. Uh, we also were doing some uh, some uh, special occlusion culling on the CPU, some like optimized software occlusion culling stuff. Like so, we're able to actually add a bunch of features that made the game look better on PC, yeah. run better on PC. I have it. I have it here on my PC that I run here, and only runs at sixty, no problem. Those guys, like, and I wasn't even on the team. Those guys did a really, really great job. But I was one of the people saying, "Hey." We need to make sure that we have a team working on this, right? So I think that's that's one of the, the cool things though about having staggered release for the PC. Nowadays, people are expecting day one release for both PC and console, and they get all sorts of bitchy about it. like, no, it's it's the same day. The same day has to be out, yeah, you know. Yeah. So then, like, if you stagger, you have the time to develop a little bit more for these PC releases. But you keep seeing the reoccurring theme of like you saw it with Batman, you saw it with other games. Like if they both release on the same day, it's yeah. gonna be a stop release. Yep. You know who I will say this. I will give this company credit for always doing a good job with their PC games. And then most recently, like they had done a good job with the console games. And I think it's because they develop it backwards. They start from PC being their main skew, and then console actually ends up being what they port to uh Blizzard Entertainment. Right, like right. they put Diablo on consoles, they put Overwatch on consoles, and I mean, I haven't heard any complaints. And Overwatch, I would say, although it has like a, a cartoony kind of soft appeal to it, it's I mean, it, it is an incredible looking game. It's going to be intense if you turn up all your settings, and consoles seem to be running just fine. So, is that approach maybe the better approach, right? It is, but 
But Blizzard has had a few little small issues where people say, oh, the console, like some minor console bugs and issues on console. And so, so it kind of, kind of happens both ways, right? It, you know, yeah. you really just need to have teams dedicated, but Blizzard does definitely do a much better job than most folks out there for sure. Like by miles. Yeah. And, and aren't engines supposed to be mitigating this for us? Like when you build in Unity or you build in Unreal and they say, hey, click this button to export, you know, isn't that supposed to all be a thing of the past? I thought, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I work, I work at Unity, and of course, you just hit one button, and you can. It's instant. It's automatic. It's magic. Yeah, it works on every console by clicking one button. All right, can we talk to Ray? Phone export to switch switch platform build done. That's it on a couch while you're doing it. I was lied to apparently. Yeah. What's funny is like the 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 issue before was that they said the PC market wasn't big enough for them to worry and put resources into it, but Blizzard has shown everybody like PCs and Steam is huge and still alive, and it doesn't make sense to ignore such a hardcore fan base. I mean, but they they created ecosystems around their own platforms. Like that's that's crazy. That's mastermind style. Yeah, not too many people can compete with that realm. Yeah, they have their own convention for their own stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well done, you know. And, yeah. and, the, and you guys mentioned engines and whatnot, and that's one of the things that actually bothers me about Dishonored the most, honestly, because Dishonored one yeah. ran on PC nice. It was ran really, really nicely. Uh, but supposedly that was actually Unreal Engine. Was oh, they switch engines? And so they switched engines to an engine called Void, the Void Engine. No. Uh, it's a base, terrible base, name. <laughs> base on Void Engine. I thought this the, was Unreal also. No, no, it's it's their own oh. engine called the Void Engine based on it tech, it tech stuff. Okay. Right. Oh, and, uh, yeah. and I, I can't say I'm not going to fault the engine on this, right? Because my my point I mean, is you like can. you you, so you, you said can, you but engines are like tools. Didn't right? the guy who made it, is, yes. made yeah. it tech like left <laughs> abandoned his own? Right. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna he's hate getting that Facebook money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna hate on I'm not gonna hate on an engine I haven't seen or even touched, right? But uh, uh but yeah. What would be the reason why for them to switch to abandon all those resources they made for the first game? I, I you don't hear too much of that. Like you would yeah. usually see the reverse of that from Yeah, you you wanna capitalize on the momentum that you built, not you know, have your team yeah, relearn. That's kinda going back I, like yeah. in their less, own engine, is it tech? Unless people left, they, they restructured with people that knew that engine. Gotcha. Or there was a publishing deal that made them use the engine. It's always money. There we go. Uh, racism. You just, no, 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 yeah, you just hit it on, on the nose. It's okay. money, right? You don't want to pay Epic their license, right? And Bethesda, Bethesda's like, look, we got engines in-house. What's up? <laughs> right? Like, I've, you know, we've, we've made games where dudes are like, hey, we have an engine in-house. Yeah. Use this. And then, yeah. all, then all the artists, all the artists, everybody's like, nah, we want to use Unreal, right? Like, yeah. happens all the time. So, yeah. All right, yeah. so this question is more for everyone except Ray. Like, is 5% so bad? Is 5% that bad? Um, 5% isn't that to get the indie, tools, right? yeah. To get the tools for Unreal, like, is it that bad? I don't I know this, yet. I haven't earned millions. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna. You guys keep talking. I'm gonna pull this up. But I think like Dishonored Two would be paying a lot more than five percent if they were on Unreal. I think it's closer to fifteen, right? 
Is it fifteen for bigger? I want to I want to look it up while you guys talk. Well, well, big big titles, big games like that would negotiate their own contracts, like so they wouldn't even be, they wouldn't even be, they wouldn't even be doing royalties. They wouldn't even be yes. doing royalties. They'll just yeah. pay a big amount of money up front, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is where Unity That's is better, right? Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I won't put them in a hole. I'm gonna say yes or a. Of course, I'm gonna say Unity's better. Of course, in terms of like not giving up. Now giving up your royalties, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a lower cost to you if you want to make a game. Uh, you know, but different people have different priorities, right? So yeah. I'm always- and let's be fair for the audience. I just want to jump in. We may joke a little bit about Ray working at Unity, but he's not here to represent the company. No. We're, it's just four developers talking here. This is for sure. in his underwear. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it, it's disappointing that they don't serve the PC audience a lot better because Dishonored 2 is very... Yes, you're playing on a controller and it's probably just fine on the controller and everything, but those type of shooters generally are for PC audiences. Yeah, that's true. So, so bad. But the console is fine, right? It's just the PC that's that's just horrific right now. So, so I hear. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say horrific. It's not even that bad. It's nowhere near Batman levels. Batman was just absolutely a mess. Batman right? is disappointing. But, uh, that, yeah, yeah. that team to me is like the best team in the world, and they just yeah, don't they care about the PC. <laughs> <laughs> they work on that's the funny thing. They work on the PC all day, right? They're testing first on the PC, and then wasn't that yeah. wasn't that version of a different team though? It wasn't Rocksteady. I can't remember. Oh, uh, yeah, the uh, the Origins one. Yeah, that was a different team. team. That was a different yeah. team. But all the or was it? Rockstar was Arkham, fine. On. I thought it was Arkham. It was Arkham Knight was the one. Arkham, bad. Yeah. yeah. Arkham Knight release was uh, the bad. Yeah. yeah, that they, was the they bad. They pulled this themselves. Okay. And the thing, like, I will say this though, in defense of some of the PC games, unless you're gonna go buy a console controller, some of these games with the like, and maybe I'm the old man with the cane by saying this, but some of these games require such finesse that if you were doing Wazdy Mouse, you're just gonna have carpal tunnel in two minutes. You like, sound you sound really young you right sound, now. Yeah. What? Really? You're, you're against the mouse and keyboard? No. So I like <laughs> mouse and keyboard when all I have to worry about is WASD and mouse, right? Uh-uh. Like when I try, so I'm going to call myself out. I played Call of Duty Advanced Warfare on the keyboard and mouse. When it's like crouch, knee slide, boost jump, yeah. throw this grenade. I was just like, holy shit, <laughs> so much. Yeah. <laughs> My dude was getting shot up left and right. <laughs> It's definitely easier on. The I remember that day. Yeah, everything is like I, I came from keyboard and mouse my whole life until we worked on Advanced Warfare, where the team we were play testing within the studio, and they're like, "You can't use keyboard and mouse. That's cheating. Everyone has to be on the controller." So I switched. Yeah, I had to switch the controller to play with it, and I got used to it. it you know, it is comfortable, but. As far as responses, response time, like my keyboard and mouse is still number one. But the shitty thing is, I feel like because we're they move those shooters onto the controller, like the keyboard and mouse doesn't feel right anymore. <laughs> it's like they they design for the controller first, and then the keyboard and mouse like lags because of the the controller uh, lag thing that they put on it. Maybe I don't know something like that. <laughs> It's okay. You can acknowledge that you're getting old. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I still prefer keyboard and mouse. But speaking, unless you guys have anything else to end it with, Ray, do you have any anger 
issues you want to work out with the Actually, just, let me ask one. you yeah. did you like the game right like was it a good game well, actually, I, I mentioned that right off the bat. It's a oh, great okay, game. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's actually it's actually a good game. It's like you know, yeah, yeah, stuff, so. it's it's a really good stealth game, right? And it's just unfortunate that that these things happen, right? Yeah, uh, minus ten. On yeah, the score right there. <laughs> like when something when something's running at a at the at sixty frames, you feel it and you feel happy about it. But when it's all over the place and not steady, and then you have to well, this make is a, huge sacrifices. <laughs> this is the thing, right? When you yeah. were dealing with someone like Ray who bought a five thousand dollar gaming rig and the game doesn't run, he's super angry about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my latest, my latest rig, my latest rig, my latest rig cost me like eight hundred bucks, yeah. but. Nice. But you are right. Like if on PC, so you're dropping six hundred dollars for a video card. You're dropping all this money for the components, right? And you and you do that so your your components can run anything you throw at it. And then something comes along and it's just like, nope, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes, it's not the developer's fault though. Us having just released a, a Steam game, we found a lot of errors being incompatibility with systems mm -hmm. like a lot of the keyboard and mouse have uh, led lights on it and there's a driver that gets installed that runs anything that has led lights on it and it's constantly running and sometimes games hiccup on just that mm -hmm. so we were finding like little things on people's systems where like okay shut that off and they were getting like five or ten milliseconds back on performance mm -hmm. just doing certain like incompatibilities of programs you might already have installed or drivers and even like having a latest service pack for windows installed that made like the game run tons better wow. for at least in our situation like it's just little tiny things that people kind of take for granted just because you, you buy a ps4 and it's going to be a ps4 you know no matter what you get a, mm -hmm. a target system yeah like we had can... some stuff where like fog wouldn't run on ati cards or something like that like yeah. and it would slow down to like 15 frames per second you're like how the fuck should I have known that, you know? <laughs> you bought a radio yeah. on, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> hate, hate, hate. But yeah, but like, yeah, making, making games, making games on PC is hard. Yeah. Making games, yeah. Is, making games is hard. Making games on random hardware yeah. that you can, <laughs> can change yeah. and random software that can change on you. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah, it's crazy. No. Shout out to all my uh, OG PC developers out there. <laughs> <laughs> doing fine. All right, so let's move on to the next topic. Uh, so we just recently, or we're going through a holiday season, and that's usually known as, you know, all the Call of Duties, the Titanfalls, the Battlefield. I don't know how far you guys in playing all of those at once because they kind of release within weeks of each other. Which so I don't know. I'm not. I'm not used to that. Like that, you wasn't. You know, EA was competing with itself within a week's time, <laughs> and then Call of Duty was the week after that. Uh, I was surprised by a few. Like I really dug the Battlefield One stuff. Uh, I like the direction they went with. I feel. I felt like that was their best Battlefield they've done in a long time. Even though in the sales chart, the Call of Duty is still on top. I felt like EA closed the gap a bit this year from uh, that. I mean, are you guys, what, what is your opinion as a developer on the redundancy with the shooters now? Like, is that still a thing? Is it getting worse? Do you guys feel it, it's getting better? So I actually, I'm okay with it, right? Like we get Madden every year, you know, we get baseball, hockey, NFL every year. 
I'm actually okay with the fact that 600 people are going to make, you know, a save the world army game every year, right? Like I still have fun shooting people. I still have fun collecting guns, the outfits and seeing, you know, what new terrorist cell is being taken down this year, right? Like the world must be so used to terrorist cell factions just popping up all over. But like, look, I get it. You have some canon to develop a story, but really you're just giving me a tray to put some gameplay on top of. And I'm cool. I haven't gotten burnt out yet, but I definitely know that like, I can feel like how long I've been involved. I will say that I can, I can definitely like, I am not running to the store to go get the newest one. Like I'm playing it at my convenience. Like if a copy makes its way to me, like I'll enjoy it, but I actually have not, like day one purchased it. I don't know how long. Yeah, this is this is the first year where I have not bought any of them. Mm. <laughs> right, and I have reasons. I have reasons. Like, like reasons you don't usually buy all. <laughs> no, no, I usually buy. Well, Titanfall's a new thing, right? But I usually yeah. buy Battlefield and Call of Duty every year, right? And I look at it and check it out. Yeah. Uh, but one, my, my number one reason is. It's boring. It's old at this point. Like so, I'm not like Larry said. I'm not rushing out to go check it, but I do still want to check. I want to check what Frostbite's doing. Mm-hmm. I want to check. I want to check what the Call of Duty engine's doing, right? I want to see what Titanfall's working with. It'll run at 60 frames. I keep hype. I keep harping at this that that we need more games need to run at 60 frames. So I want to support. But you know, but also like at the same time, especially around now, Civ Six is coming out. Mm-hmm. The R came out. Dishonored yeah. Two came out. Uh, Watch Dogs Two is this week, and then on PC it's two weeks from now. Like there's just a lot of games, and honestly, like I'm a big Civ Six nerd, mm-hmm. so that's like way more interesting. And I've already put in thirty hours already. I don't got time to play yeah. all these other games, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Especially when I think they're boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> what What do you think Before they could do to save you? Like where Where could a company like EA or Activision or Ubisoft, like really shake it up as far as you're concerned, you know? Um, yeah, I heard I heard Titanfall has, she has like an interesting mission uh, that I that I do want to check out. So I probably am going to end up getting Titanfall eventually. Uh, probably will get, probably will get a uh, Call of Duty eventually because I heard the campaign is typical Call of Duty campaign, just absolutely bananas. Hmm. Uh, but like, like, you know, like how they always do, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I might get Battlefield when the Harlem Hellfighter DLC drops, maybe. Mm. Right? I'm still kind of on the fence. Yep. But yeah, you know. But like Watch Dogs 2 is in a couple of weeks. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm just too busy to be playing all this stuff. <laughs> like, real talk, yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same exact boat. Like, I, I look at those type of games, and even though it's from different <coughs> studios, different companies, it, it's starting to blur the lines. Yeah. Like it just feels like one big game from a, <laughs> from five different companies, and I don't know how healthy that is. I mean, is that competitive? Is that really being competitive? Where I know Battlefield One is taking place in World War One, Titanfall Two is in the future, and then Call of Duty is super feature. But at some point, it kind of just like welds together as one thing that comes out every year. So who knows? To me, I I I was. I'm exactly in the same position as Larry. Like, this is probably the first year where I didn't really get any of them. Uh, I want to check them out as a developer, but as a gamer, I wasn't really too crazy excited. I mean, maybe Titanfall, because I heard their single complaint uh, campaign is a little bit yeah. different, like more Portal-ish uh, in some levels. Uh, but 
the rest of them it's like oh it looks cool i, I kind of want to just check out it's it's graphic can't wait to watch a let's play <laughs> yeah i mean it's a let's play thing and that's the weird thing right i don't need to play through them anymore i can just watch it if i really want to look at it from a developer's point of view i would want to play them but that's like three games that i gotta buy for a similar experience sort of you know what i mean that's, yeah, that's, what's that? 180 bucks. 180 bucks. Yeah. Let's plays look so compelling these days. It's like ah, the single player campaign or just YouTube. Yeah, and you 70 have bucks a free. Two two times the speed option now. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many games I can play with that now. Yeah, that's. I agree. With, I agree with so much that you said. Like I, I'm kind of afraid that we're painting ourselves into a corner creatively. Yep. Yep. Like slowly, the more real something is, the more intentions that, that players are, they want to see real. They they don't want to disconnect and go into this imaginary video game land where it kind of all started. They're like, no, that rifle wouldn't function that way. It needs to shoot at this velocity. And the more we keep doing that, the more we're going to get these sterile shooters. Like I'm, I'm happy there's an Overwatch yeah. that just went by and just slapped everybody in the face is like no creative check out how it's done you know yeah and overwatch is amazing yeah. freaking amazing Yo. <laughs> and that's what i mean like to be competitive you got to be different so if you look at all the games of the season it's it's like all the games that raid name pretty much it's all realistic <laughs> it's all based on realism except for overwatch but overwatch was like released months ago it feels yeah. Like, so yeah. It, it, these days, if we're going for like creative stuff, I'm, I'm sticking with the indie, the indie stuff yeah. that's coming out. You know. Yeah. Yeah, the blockbusters. It's like movies. You know, you got your blockbusters and you get indie titles, so you still right, watch right. both. Yeah, it's not gonna push out any. I'm just right. afraid that Holiday says it's gonna be more and more stale <laughs> with this type of. It sucks. Right. A, a regular consumer can look at these three games and know nothing about it and just kind of just uh make a decision off of that but you know as developers we know how each team kind of put in their efforts differently it's just the marketing feels very the same especially if they're marketing one week after another it's like overload holy crap yeah you guys don't want to wait a month <laughs> no one want to wait a month anymore so it sucks they couldn't stagger titanfall too I know. Mm -hmm. I felt like Titanfall out of all three was the most different, but... They should they should have staggered it so it could be a little bit more successful. I think, like, stacking it right next to Call of Duty, that's a dangerous move. Between Call of Duty and Battlefield. So and Battlefield 1. Battlefield 1. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, they had their window. They had a confident product. Like, when, when would you come out, right? Like... They kind of want to be close to that holiday season, but still respectful of the other juggernauts that they got to compete with. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Well, what what is going to happen though is usually after the big releases in November, mm. come November December, Toys R Us and Best Buy do their two for one sales, mm. so that they'll they'll know that they'll at least get one of those or at least pick yeah. one of those up. Two Target, Target yeah. already did. Target just did, did one like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. They always wait right after the big releases. They're like, yeah. "Oh, I'm getting what do you want to get?" Yeah, because a, yeah, a friend of mine got a friend of mine got Titanfall and something else as part of that two for one at Target. Nice, so. nice. Here you go, Target. Who who gets who who benefits off of selling two brand new games for the price of one? Besides the customer, at least. I think the publisher makes their money back, and like 
after a certain point, they just don't care. Just to have uh, just any uh, income coming in, they, they're fine. They make a profit no matter what. It, it's like, this was like a 2K, right? Like, it felt like every time they release a game a week later, is like 20% off. <laughs> like, 2K is really good time. at doing that. So I, I believe, like, after they make a certain amount, they're, it's all profits from there. So mm-hmm. if, even True. if they sell for 20 bucks, it's still making money, so. And it's technically still a hype train. You get people talking about the product. Yeah, for- I think that's their most important thing right there. Just having people talk about it. All right, so that's shooter season. Our next topic is the Pixel Phone and Daydream. So I know what Larry's thoughts are. We're really excited. You know, I mean, that's what cool people think about VR. They're really cool. <laughs> but I don't know what Elden and Ray thinks about VR. Like, I'm interested in another perspective because a lot of people at this point are still not on board with the VR thing. And now with Google kind of following suit with the gear uh following suit with the gear vr they're doing their own this is this going to help spread the news of vr and make people like it I mean, people get that phone i guess that's what's really the, the relevant part it's a of good the, phone i heard it was a really good phone it can be awesome but how are you gonna be apple at any <laughs> it's true they're competing with apple well it's a good thing I, that I samsung that note what's that it's a good thing that the note blew up before it launched <laughs> Dude, that helps. That was like that the only is, Android. That is true. Like, it Dude, was as if Google did it on purpose or something. <laughs> I was catching the train to work, uh, I think, about two weeks ago. And, you know, they do the, like, please stand clear of the doors. Yeah. They also came in with, like, an add-on. They're like, P.S. If you have a Google Note 7, please Sorry. turn it off completely. <laughs> it is illegal to use that phone for the duration of this ride. I was like, damn. damn. Yeah. So, yeah. They, lost they, lost they, lost they did that on a flight. That's how I first found out there was, like, problems with it. I was like, what? Why that phone? What's going on with that phone? Everyone's <laughs> looking for that guy with that phone. <laughs> Get him. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not about to be on a terrorist list because I was playing Clash Royale or something on the airplane. It's not worth it. Did it legitimately yeah. blow up or, or just catch on fire? It, it would. Well, like, it would catch fire. Yeah, smoke and actually burn while using fire. it. But it's while, like, while you say yeah. while it's in your pocket, there's a picture, there's a video of a guy <laughs> had it in his pocket and it caught fire, started smoking in his pocket. Oh, dude. So, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, those batteries are no joke. I saw this video of a guy, like, he put a knife through his battery, and then the phone was, like, not having it, and just, like, like, flare mode. I was just just like, holy shit, I didn't know that that's what was in my pocket. You know what I mean? It's scary. Right next to your nuts. (laughs) That's crazy. That's really uh, bad publicity. But people are going to line up for the next one. <laughs> so, no, uh, man, I think this, this might have really? done them in. Yeah. Like the note line this is, is done. This is a big one. It's a, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big uh, confidence, confidence loss thing going on there. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna have to win that back. This is where that? Google comes they, in. They can't have a small, like, they can't do it. Like, here's the Note 8 with, like, Half an inch more screen, right? Like people are gonna know that Note Seven components are still in there. <laughs> They're gonna have to really like. But like you, but like you said, this is a great opportunity for uh, the Google Pixel, right? Oh, yeah. Uh But my whole thing about Google Pixel and mobile VR and all that, 
one of the main things is the Google Pixel is not a cheap phone, right? How much more is it from the iPhone? iPhone's like what, it's, six, eight hundred. It's about the, it's about the same around like six hundred bucks, something like that, right? Um, and so now you want you want to make Google, you want to make a VR for the yeah. masses or whatever. Yeah. Like I don't think the masses are dropping. You know, six hundred, six hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks for a new on phone. A, yeah, on yeah. a mobile VR too, like mobile yeah. VR to walk around with this crazy headset on, right? Yeah, in pub, in public, right? So, what is so. it gonna break? What's gonna break the mold for for people to try it? Because I, I've always felt like the phone is the easiest entryway because you have a phone and you buy it, an accessory. Of course, the accessory is extra, so that that's mil- like millions of people who won't get into yeah. it already. <laughs> But well, the thing, the thing right now is, sorry. yeah, the thing right now though is like you need a specific phone. Mm. It only works with two phones, right? right like, right. Uh, like you know, Gear VR has the Samsung. What is it? S seven, right? That it works yeah. with. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the Pixel, right? Because of course, there's, there's, you know, there's hardware drivers, all this stuff that they that they need to have, right, in order for that stuff to work correctly, right? And so I think that's the whole point of. That's one of the cool things about Daydream, right? That's the whole point of Daydream is to try to create a standard, right? That if you make your phone Daydream compatible, right? The driver, and you have the drivers and everything, this this software layer to help you along the way, that you could actually have more phones that are VR capable, right? Because that's the only way you could do it, right? And then maybe somebody can make a cheap VR-ready phone mm-hmm. for mass, for mass adoption, mm-hmm. right? But of course, a cheap VR phone for mass adoption might also run like crap, which would make a lot of people throw up. <laughs> so, it's probably like parts from blown up Note Sevens out there. <laughs> Frankenstein. Didn't they recall like millions of them back? It was just recently yeah. released, and then they had to recall all of them back, right? Yeah, yeah. They're all in the ditch now. That's a huge. Do you guys money. feel like the daydream will leapfrog over Gear VR? I mean, Gear VR sold a bunch. Like there's a bunch out there. Well, it's a hundred bucks, yeah. and people already had the phones. I mean, that's a that was a great way to get that thing going, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, price. You already had the headset; you just needed the harness. Do you guys think a software like a game for the daydream will will make it special, or is it just is it really just a secondary or tertiary tertiary thing for phone owners out there? VR ready, well, even if I forget. I forgot who it was that said this, but it, it kind of caught me for a moment. And then I was like, yeah, he's kind of right. But uh, let's see how polarizing this will be when I say it. One of the executives at Microsoft was like, we'll invest in VR when it's more than, you know, demos and experiences. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. I, I remember the quote and he was yeah. tripping. He was straight <laughs> tripping. And the, reason, and the reason why he was tripping, like he's kind of right, but he's also tripping at the same time because there's HoloLens. Right. Yeah. And, all, and nothing is more demo and nothing is more demo and experimental than HoloLens right now. Right. Like, I mean, He's people are actually, people are actually, people are actually shipping like products. Right. Yeah. And Holo, HoloLens is still kind of like this demo thing that looks really goofy and it's, it's horrible. Right. So yeah, he's tripping. Isn't HoloLens like <laughs> literally uh, tunnel vision. Yeah, it's got a narrow, <laughs> narrow field of view. Is what I heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's like, uh, it's like basically uh, as it was described by Ron Alpert on this very podcast. He mm-hmm. said there's like a just a, a little. It's like a peeping hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some porkies. 
<laughs> I mean, once they figure it out, it's gonna blow up because they're they're gearing that towards industries uh, other than. I mean, VR VR is awesome. I got the PlayStation VR, and I love it. I think it's freaking amazing. Is that the, the package on that thing? Is, is that the cleanest packaging of a VR system out of all? I don't know if you tried I, all the other ones. Yeah, I mean, just because it's it's a professional product, like it feels like an actual you know professional thing, not like yeah. something that's still made it's or polished. anything. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I said it, I've been saying this a bunch of times to people I've talked to, and it's like, yeah, PSVR, Sony seems like that's the one that could actually get up, way more people interested in it. The yeah. price, the price is not that crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, Sony knows how to make hardware. Yeah, they're the only one out right. of everyone, I think. Right. Well, so, install bases out there. Yeah. Like, there's they, most- they already have an install base of PS4 fans out there. Uh, the games on it, they had, they came out with like a laundry list of dope yeah, ass games. Eleven, it was a lot that they really. Yeah, did. yeah. And picking up like the PS4 Pro came out last two weeks. It came out last. I think it came out last week or like recently. Or this week. I think two weeks. But, but you don't have to have a PS4 Pro for the right, VR. Right. You can buy. Did this headset sell pretty well then? I haven't looked at well, the sales. In, in England, they were actually in stores charging people to use it for 30 minutes. Wow. Instead of like use it for free. As a demo. But the, the demand's pretty high for them. Yeah. Damn. I'm telling you, okay. man, VR arcades. <laughs> in in a food truck. Bam, son. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that Batman yeah. game in there, it is amazing. You feel like I know Batman. the Batman game looks really good, actually. It's so good. Uh, Rock City, they're always yep. nailing it. So you guys but, feel like Daydream is just a test bed? It really won't amount to much. Outside, yeah. they'll they'll create an infrastructure with the first one, but maybe the second or third one they'll pick up. But I think you could say that about all VR right now. Yeah. Like this yeah. is just this is just the infancy. It's just the beginning, right? Um, and I think, yeah, I think Daydream's trying to lay down that, that base, that base that everybody can build on top of, you know, and move forward on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they also got the little hand controller, the little wire, the gyroscopic controller thing. So what is that right? a touch base type of controller or is it a couple of buttons? I think it has a couple of buttons, but I also think there's like a touch, touch pad thing on it. Yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, I like that. because like, you know, you need, you, cause VR is definitely more compelling. We actually have something in your hand and you're messing around with stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. All right. I think I, just before you close, what's interesting right now about all of the segmentation of the market is I'm just happy to see that people are adopting it. Like we're seeing an actual attempt at VR with like some serious backing financially, plus investing from like brains and powerful minds around the world. They're taking it seriously this time, right? It's not being treated as just novelty tech. So now that we have this, this is the seed stage of something that's going to be really awesome in 10 years or less is the way that I look at it. I th- and I think a lot of those people, there's going to be winners and there's going to be a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of losers. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be way more losers than winners, yeah. honestly. Wait, so who's losing right now out, out of everyone? Facebook. Well, well there's a lot of venture capital money. Isn't that funny, though? Oculus, yeah. I, do, I do feel. They started it all, right? And they're Let's behind be real. everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they're just behind. I think they're just behind, right? I think they're gonna they're gonna come with stuff. They're working on stuff, right? But yeah, they're yeah. behind. 
Yeah. Better be more. I just think there's, there's a lot of venture capital money. So what? There's a lot of venture capital money out there for VR projects that are for sure going to crash and burn. Oh, yeah. There's going to be those going to be some losers. If you look on Gama Sutra, there's a game I play. I'm put. I'm making it. You know, like at the end of the football season when it's like playoff time, they have the little. Uh, what the hell is that called? I should know this. The bracket. Brackets. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh yeah, a, they should I've, do that. I'm making a bracket for VR investment companies. We're going to come back to that. If you go to Gama Sutra and every every two days you'll see like, hey, this company just acquired $46 million for company investment. And then I look at what they do. We promise to deliver awesome VR experiences. It's like, it's, it's the tagline every single time. Like, class, VR yeah, experience. Yeah, exactly. Fingers it's crossed. Like, dude, it's a rush. It's a gold rush right now, man. It's a gold rush. It's a spend rush, is what it feels like. Because yeah. where's the gold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but if you, you, know experience, I mean? if you believe, like as soon as you experience VR, you you drink the Kool Aid. Like yeah, you yeah. know, but there's no VR <laughs> software right now that's like earning tons of money, right? Nothing yeah. so far. Yeah, like like I've I've experienced VR and it, and like I walked away with it with like yeah, that's cool. Right, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't as sold as a lot of a lot of other people have been sold on it. Right, I think it's, I think it's amazing. Like I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. But then, like me being who I am, I also see all of the Not issues. Everyone with is it. Ray, okay, Ray. No, no, no but like, a good life. <laughs> no, no, and I know, and I know that I'm being like too picky, right? But like, you know, if I look in certain directions when yeah. I'm in the headset, things look blurry, things don't converge. Like I, I get all these issues when I when I actually put on any of your headset oh, wow. uh, but 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 yeah but like when i first tried out the vive i thought that was like with the controllers and i was like i had the headset on and i took one of the controllers and i flipped it in the air and then i caught it i was like wow that's kind of dope like 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 when it works it works and it's, right. it's beautiful right but uh but also the the little little issues that will get fixed still kind of bother me i'm not like all in like yeah yeah, VR. You know what I mean? So. Well, speaking of the Vive, uh, I saw something in the news today. The HTC Vive has a uh, a peripheral that allows it to go wireless. So yes. if you have never used HTC Vive, it has like a matrix kind of cord that comes from the back. And while you're experiencing like lifelike games, you're tripping over yourself and <laughs> trying to stay alive. <laughs> so for me, I didn't think it would be that soon. I guess it's not that crazy, but I felt like VR is just, there's so much investment in it, I guess. So, so much V, uh, so much capital venture, uh, guys going into it that the innovation is so much faster than I thought it would be. Yeah. It sounds simple, but like, I didn't think they would have a wireless headset without having like a massive Samsung note seven exploding battery in it. <laughs> uh, and it lasts pretty long. They said it lasts 90 minutes with, without it going. What? That's yeah. Good. Yeah. That's, that's the problem right there. Right? And, that's, minutes, Ray. and that's no, no, that's why it doesn't have a big ass battery. Right. Because yeah. it only lasts 90 minutes. Right. And, and a big ass battery, just make it heavier. Yeah. Right. So, like, yeah, I'm highly, I'm like, not highly, but I'm, I'm very skeptical of the usefulness of that thing. That's that's honestly. one year. That's one Here's, year. <laughs> <laughs> Went cord to cordless. I, I'll just say this: if I had on a battery vest or a battery backpack, mm -hmm. or you know what I mean, like the Vive headset that plugged into something that was also wireless, if I could just wear all of that, I'm at this stage, I'm willing to let that go. Right. 
But like, it was just, I loved the vibe. It was my favorite VR platform, but having the predator wires hooked up to my computer is always going to be a limiting factor for me because I don't want to play the tennis game or the karate game or anything that might make me lose my tower because I get too into the moment. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just not going to happen. No, and I think that's why like Carmack was like, he's all about the mobile VR. Like, cause yeah. he that's, that's where it's at, right? That's, yeah. you know, it's mobile. You can take it with you, you know, daydream, all that stuff. Like, it's like mobile's where it's at. And that's where a lot of people seem to be totally interested in. But also that's not, those right now, those split spaces are not where you could get the the impressive graphics, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the graphics and we were talking about style, uh, making games stylized. I think uh, VR is kind of, different i mean of course you can still have the stylized game and still have an, a fun experience but the realism is what the other industries are really into so we can make vr feel like a fantasy a west world uh <laughs> people will buy into it faster yeah. yeah no but yeah it just occurred to me too like when i was sitting um i was in some talk and carmack was talking about mobile vr right and he mentioned he mentioned the things that people should do to you know to you know to fully embrace it, you know, because one of the big things is performance, right? So he he even he mentioned like maybe you should consider like not even doing fancy lighting, no no specular lighting, right? <laughs> and I was sitting with like a bunch of graphics guys. Carmack said this. Yeah, Carmack said this, of course. Yeah, and then I, I was sitting there with a bunch of graphics guys, and they just all started laughing. Right, <laughs> because they're like no spectrum. Right, this is this is a heresy, heresy, right? You know, like heresy. Right, they're just totally like, nah, can't do that. Right? Uh, <laughs> if you stop making games look so good, maybe they would run better. But <laughs> but no, but there's totally something. To, there's totally something to be said for like, yeah, yeah. really stylized art that's not whiz bang fancy, but just really stylized, really really nice, and you can still get that same feeling. With just really good art direction, you know what I mean. If streaming technology gets a, a little bit better and Wi-Fi technology, the throughput of having a game play on your PC stream to your phone, like that's revolutionary at that point in time. If you can get that going at ninety FPS to your to your eye sockets, mm. like that's gonna be good. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I've been watching Black Mirror. Yo. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So am I. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good future. <laughs> so what's going to get us faster? I mean, like the, the, the split is that a lot of developers think that the accessibility is key, like having VR on the phones, pushing for that versus just having impressive looking games as best as we could. So I don't know, like what, what is the right direction? It might be the combination of the two, but for you guys, what, what do you think is going to take us to the lead? over this hump right now yeah i think you go crazy like in amusement parks you go for like the whiz bang graphics get people excited about it and then you have the mobile for when they're like at home they can have the mobile set up at home right Mm -hmm. uh because right now like the the setup for a vr system in in your house depending on how big your room is that you're using it or whatever Mm -hmm. it's just it's just not for the masses like mobile is definitely right now ready for the masses if if the phones weren't so damn expensive mm. i feel like i'm gonna hit a lot of people <laughs> just walking around with their vr headset dude you're gonna get robbed it's like <laughs> yeah, come on. i'm gonna get robbed 
Well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't walk around, right? That'd be just suicide. But still, yeah. It's, so that's not possible, right? Like the the whole GPS, like you walking around with your VR headset. You can't walk around like the Five, right? None of those headsets do that. It's just basically direct. Uh, Only the Vive. Direction. Only the Vive uh, can move around, right? Only the Vive does like positional tracking that I know of. Yeah. Uh, but here's something interesting. Uh, I get, and this is a great time to bring it up, right? Like the idea that people, if let's say VR headsets comes out and becomes a thing and it actually does get adopted the way that we want, Ray, you brought up a good point that like no one's just going to snap it on and like go walk out into the world. But how, what about like the school gym, right? Like after hours, you know, you're just in a big open room with nothing around. You can play whatever game you want with the confidence that you're not likely going to like smack into a trash can, a car, or you know, some uh, unsightly human being who's interested in taking your wallet, you know? Like, it's, would, do you think VR arcades might actually, like, VR rooms might be something where you actually have your own stuff, but you just need a safe space that's flat so that you can enjoy whatever experience you're interested in? Yeah, I could see something like that, like a Dave and Buster's type of spot. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do that. Yeah, I just need a room. Me and my friends put on our VR. making one in California that's, uh, they've, scanned, they, they've scanned the entire room so they know where all the walls and all the doors are and they actually built everything coming out of those walls like a monster coming out of the exact wall mm-hmm. they're traversing in real space and they have like a, a crane going on top that holds the cord so you can freely walk the course oh man yeah yeah i heard about this yeah they must be pissed seeing that wireless thing is <laughs> so much cheaper. <laughs> she bought a whole crane. Yeah. <laughs> she should have waited a couple months. You see, you just you just need a hundred battery packs. Yeah. Just give us some time, Ray. I, I'm oh, sure thirty minutes will be six hours soon. Uh, I think that the industry might be going too fast, though. Like too it's, fast for that. Thing. It, it needs to take time to develop itself. As the fun first, because like their software, right? It's too it, soon for the yeah. arms race. You're right. Yeah, I mean the, the the designers themselves, they still haven't found like what is good movement in VR, what's good interaction in VR. How do you how do you track hands? Like all the tiny stuff still isn't developed, but people are like, let's make a game. Yeah, you know, and everybody's kind of finding it as they're develop, developing it, like mm-hmm. actually building the car it's, while it's, they're driving yeah. it. It's really disorganized right now. Like every. First of all, there's like six headsets. There's no common marketplace. Yeah, it's fragmented. Yeah, it's very yeah. fragmented, and like and you I, can't. It's a whole different, uh, you know, system every time. <laughs> it's like you can probably adapt it like any other consoles, but. Yeah. And I think that's what Phil Spencer meant when he said, "Oh, it's still demo." Like he said it wrong like yeah. what he right. said what he, yeah. what he said sounded crazy yeah. but really but really what he meant was like oh, when we figured line when he shared it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's like when y'all when y'all figure this out yeah, you know, yeah. then <laughs> we'll be here because yeah we're still fitting hollowing which, we don't know what the fuck this yeah. is yet <laughs> yeah. which is also which is also not really taking an innovative stance it's kind of just like i'll let you guys yeah. you guys figure it out and let me know what's up right? yeah outside of maybe oh, well that's what i'm very surprised like the big company investors i guess maybe outside of playstation now has been like silicon valley companies like facebook dived into it quickly and then yeah. uh samsung you know they work with each other was up now google google is coming in with daydream and then playstation is probably the only one that actually is invested out of the big three 
which is surprising. It's I feel like VR is going to be driven by the Silicon Valley companies. Mostly. This whole cycle. Yeah. PlayStation VR might open the market, but I think like the Google and the Facebook is actually going to be making the innovative stuff of VR. Because they have yeah, like, yeah, they got the money. Yeah. They got the money to make it rain. Yeah, like they're just it? making it rain, and they're like, "Hey, we need to hire people." That's not a problem. We yeah. can hire people, yeah. right? Like, damn. So, well, there that goes. Well, uh, I we are reaching that point, but I want to touch one more subject, and Alden knows this better than all of us. Which is the entitlement <laughs> of, a game I was for this one. of a game purchaser, nice. just a game fan. Like, do you mind opening up? This yeah, one? Alvin, please, please take us through this issue. Nice. Introduce it to the audience. Well, I think as game developers, we know the fundamental rule of don't go look at the game reviews or the comments in the game reviews because you're gonna see the vitriol and just venom. That spews out of people's mouths when they're not happy with their price of a pizza game or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, they're not happy with their purchase, and it's gotten worse over the years. Uh, communities like Steam mm. have gotten bombed by reviews. Like, there's different aspects to the way people behave on there. It's just it's palpable how much it's changing towards that, and. I think it would be uh, smart to look at it as affecting the actual industry itself and how we make games, the choices we make when we're in a design meeting of how it's going to be looked, how, how people view it, you know? Like, just a small example, and this is something that we kind of talked about back and forth on Facebook, a couple of us did, uh, an invisible wall in a video game, right? <laughs> it, what, it, what it does is it covers... Uh, the player being able to escape from different areas of the level that they weren't supposed to. So that brings down production costs. So you don't have to build the level tight enough that you know all the testers are going to find a way to get out of there. Like that could be like maybe a month or two of cost, of development cost, because you have to come up with a unique way. Maybe it's a roadblock now. So you have to model out the cars, the blockers for it, and another set of another expanse of the level just to make sense out of an invisible wall. Mm. That that in games of old, people just, hey, don't go there. You you hit a wall, mm. all right, I can't go there. I'm gonna go the other way. It wasn't that that much of a stretch, you know? But today's gamer, they're they don't. They don't want any of that. They're like, no, this invisible. I don't like invisible walls in games. No game has invisible walls now. Like they declared that it is so, and no game has it. Well, you know, I just, I just, I feel like there's a control there, and it's driving costs and of development. It's driving uh, creativity down. I, I just wanted to kind of bring that up as a discussion topic and see what you guys all think about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I could go first, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's still fresh in my mind, like oh, what oh. I wanted to say. Oh, shit. But, but no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, like with the invisible wall thing, I, I think part of the problem too is that uh, technology has improved so much. And so we have made the games look better and better and better, you know, incrementally getting better. And so now an invisible wall really breaks i hate using this word but it really breaks that sense of immersion immersion yeah. that the players the, the players are feeling right because they're like hey you know this game looks really really close to real and oh there's an invisible wall here oh. <laughs> it's like, it's like, they're like man the dev team is 800 people and i'm paid 60 dollars 
you lazy, de- you lazy developers, you couldn't put an actual building there, this right? Sounds like, like a lazy guy. <laughs> sounds like a lazy guy with a good rig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's kind of like you kind of understand a little bit, but yeah, back in the day, man, invisible walls are everywhere. Yeah, right? yeah. everything looks as, sorry. Yeah. yeah. As technology's getting better, we're making things look more realistic. I think you probably could get away with stuff like that in games that don't look as realistic. Yeah. Right? I, I think, like, wacky and crazy things happen. Like, you play Street Fighter. You know, there's wacky and crazy things. Like, like there's friends of mine that are animation programmers, and they can't stand to look at Street Fighter with all of its, uh, how it cuts. Some animations straight up just cut off and go into another animation, right? Mm-hmm. They can't stand it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, there's gameplay reasons for this, right? Yeah, right. People want to uh, fight well, and switch right? moves. <laughs> I just want to meet these individuals. So like, <laughs> like as soon as an uppercut gets canceled or something, they're like, but they're, you know, but like they're an animation program that works on that works on a game where you don't have to do that, right? Yeah. So where, where transitions actually matter and where the blending actually matters, right? Okay. Uh, so so you can see where they're coming from, right? So yeah. I just think. So as technology marches forward, things like that become less acceptable because technology is marching forward. Right? Yeah. Uncharted ruined everything is what he's saying. Uncharted ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nathan Drake blends into every little possible, like it's smooth. Yeah. smooth. <laughs> that game did so well with that. Well, besides that, like I think Alvin's touching on the point, uh, besides the aesthetic stuff, like there is like entitlement to, there's so much available now that are free. Like, and there's so much quality work that that are free. It's hard to differentiate uh, an iOS po- purchase from a AAA nowadays because the mm-hmm. graphics are so good. Gamers are so used to a certain type of quality on one device, and uh, just because it's on a different device, they don't understand the the economy of it. Like that's yeah. that's a big yeah. issue. I feel like most people just want it free now <laughs> and of quality, yeah. and or, that's a problem. Or also, they people also. I think there's also some games that come out that are really, 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 really well done. Yeah. Right. That seem flawless, that seem so expertly crafted, that mm-hmm. took like seven years to make. And like, and they're yeah. beautiful games. And they're so great. And like the players play, they're like, this is great. This is, this is what games are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then there's a game that comes along that was in the, you know, worked on for two or three years. Mm. Huge ass team had development problems, rushed out. You know, like oh, you know, and then they see that, and they're like, "Why can't you be like this other <laughs> game?" Right? But like, and it's and so like, there's a fundamental disconnect between the game development process and what the gamers experience. Like, the gamers don't know about that game development process, and should should they know it? Like, maybe they should know, but should they care? about the problems of the game? Should, should they care about how long it took? Should they care about the about people quitting in the middle of the project? Do they, should they care about the crunch? Should they care about any of those things? Or should they just, or should we just be selling them, here's the game, have fun, we did the best we can, right? And yeah. so, and I, think, and I think that's where some of the time it comes from. Like, I think there's really good games out there that they experience, and then they experience yeah. games that are just not, maybe not perfect, and then it's, it's a problem, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No sky. <laughs> yeah, don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I feel bad. I didn't play the game, so I don't know how incomplete it actually was, but yeah. that vitriol from Steam, oh, I'm not man. surprised. It could have happened to anybody at yeah. this point. Like, yeah. Don't do that to any game that comes yeah, out. Yeah, they definitely, you know, they definitely didn't communicate clearly to the to the public. Yeah. But also they, the amount of backlash they received was just was just ridiculous. It was well, crazy. Yes. That's right? the thing, right? That's so this yeah. this is the weird period that we're in right now. <laughs> you 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 have indie games that that's like a 10-person team that's looking like a triple A game. So if the gamer doesn't know the difference and on you were talking about the transparency of game development, they're looking at it as like why the fuck is this not GTA? <laughs> why is that why well, am I having issues with this? Well and then you find out that Sony Sony published it, right? So they're like, oh you got all this money from Sony and Sony's shoving it down our throats so all these ads, why is it better? What's yeah, up yeah. with you guys, yeah, right? Yeah. But then as soon as they tell me, hey, we're making a procedurally generated game with millions and millions of planets, so I'm like, oh, I already know what's gonna happen here. I already <laughs> right. know what's because we make games because we make games we yeah. know what it takes to do that yeah. right and how you actually make that right yeah. and with the public is like nah i want 18 million plans with like gta level things to do on each planet yeah <laughs> right come on dude <laughs> so what 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 is it over promising I mean, how can we educate? Because this is a problem. Because uh, there's going to be more indie games out there that's going to be AAA quality that are not going to be able to meet expectations, right? And is the public going to turn against every single game and then have no chance out there for indie developers? Like, is this something fixable, avoidable by anybody out there? I, I think if you're just honest, straight up, yeah open way more communicative at the beginning and basically say exactly like we plan on building this we plan on building this we would like multiplayer but we don't know if we're going to deliver it we would like there to be more things to do on the planet but there might not be a lot of things to do on the planet there might be and there might be (laughs) no no but like there might be fun things to do we're not promising anything. I'm not a professional. We're promising something. But like, how do you how do you hype someone up? I mean, I mean, you can sell that though. You can you can sell it because I mean, you look at No Man's Sky. You see what it looked like, right? It looked yeah. great, right? Great, yeah. And so you just you just concentrate on what you're showing to people, and you really talk about what they could potentially expect, right? Yeah. And, and make it known that hey, it's in development. It's yeah. in development, right? Yeah. Uh, but like, but yeah, the they just a lot of the messaging was a little bit off. Yeah, they like, promised too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but but right. even then, even then, they still didn't deserve all of that, all of that hate. Oh man, that they received. So. Yeah, that's really personal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. I think it's easier when you're like one of three hundred people on the development team, but if you're one in ten. And they're complaining about design, and you're like the only designer. You're looking around the table. <laughs> it's like hard to push blame. And the vice versa yeah. is if the game is awesome, right? Then that's all you. But the inverse of that is, of course, as terrible. Right. You're the only guy who's doing PR, and they're like, this is the worst PR in the world. And the Sony guy, like, kind of shitted on you <laughs> in the press <laughs> after you being absent. <laughs> It, it's hard. Like, was it? Wasn't there recently? I don't want to sit, you know, shit on them too long, but like, uh, like, didn't they have like a like a hack Twitter incident? Yeah, there was a hack or something. 
a hack. A hack, yeah. <laughs> and they cover it up saying there was like a disgruntled employee. No, it's the same dis- with like an apology to the masses. Like, I'm sorry yeah. this wasn't. Yeah. Like I think it was just somebody hacked, hacked his LinkedIn account mm. and then got into his email. I was actually replying back to the journalists. With, uh, like, it's, it was a huge, <laughs> huge nonsense. So it wasn't know. just him like catching himself in a vulnerable moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tweeting. Not okay. No. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. These. So I think it's just. It's just a straight up hack that happened. Do you feel like they can earn their trust back at this stage? Yeah, I think. Wait, so. I think it, back with. Uh, six squinting in his face. Is that? <laughs> is it too late? I'll say. Well, I'll, say I'll say this. I'll say this. Anything, right? I'll say this. They are not. At least they are not. Star Citizen, at least that. Oh. <laughs> it's, yeah, even Star right? Citizen is it like Star Citizen didn't get as much flack mainly because they haven't released anything yet, right? Is that the well, trick uh, not to release anything? <laughs> no, it's, it's a Sony arm. Sony arm puts you in the middle of everybody's eye, uh, and so you're you're an easy target at that point in time. You're yeah. right there in they're, the middle of everybody. Yeah, they're very they're very visible, like on stage at E three. You know, and I, and I think I think Star Citizen should get way more flack than it is getting. Yeah, it's like, not right because, quite frankly, quite frankly, Star Citizen got way more money from customers it's like than mil plus. No man, no man's guy could even dream of for, money, right? for a JPEG of a ship. <laughs> so, do they even have a release date? I know they just cut like a major feature, just, right? Just no, there's no release date, right? It's just like it's basically like, hey, two point six is coming. And then there's gonna be a 3.0 coming. Oh my god! And when when will that be? Who knows? So that's you know? a trick. Oh yeah, yeah. we gotta make a really cool screenshot <laughs> and just yeah. keep promising more screenshots. We gotta sell JPEGs of ships for like a thousand. Pounds. There's there is there's a work. I, I shouldn't say working. There is there is something that you can download and play. Yeah. Right. True. But I have it. I I ended yeah. up getting. I had to tr- at least try it. <laughs> But it is it is very very buggy, very broken, very incomplete, very lacking. Right? There's a so, real team behind that, right? They have a full on several. There were several. Now that they've reduced to, like, I think, just one team. One there were like three or four teams before. I thought. Jesus. I think they still. I, th- I think they still have at least two or three teams at least. Do they? I think yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy. Is, this is. It goes back to this like, the gamers not trusting game developers, right? So you got this Star Citizen going on. You got No Man's Sky promising the world and didn't deliver, and then completely went ninja silent after the game was released. And then you have, I guess this has kind of died down. The Kickstarter thing where like millionaires are coming in saying we need your five dollars to make our game, <laughs> and then saying that <laughs> it was more of an approval process for them. Like, it, oh, are you- I, I don't blame gamers for kind of just being confused by this whole process because if i didn't know about anything about game development i have no idea what's going on like what what type of quality can i expect at 60 dollars nowadays you know well like i think like kickstarter and all that you're you're basically just that's a straight up buyer beware right <laughs> you're giving money to some dude that says i'm going to give you something later you know what i mean 
That's just that's straight up buyer. That's straight up buyer beware. It's like I don't trust this. Sick. Huh? No, that's, like he got, hey, he got burned from Star Citizen. Now he doesn't trust anyone. Anymore. No, no. Hey, like I've backed all sorts of stuff on Kickstarter. Uh-huh. It, it's been mostly successful. Yeah. A lot of things, a lot of things have come like mad late. Some things have come none at all. Like well, there's one thing in particular that didn't come at all. It was like a hardware, some hardware thing. Never, never came. Right? You know, and I'm just like, I can't be too salty, right? Because <laughs> I gave money to somebody and they're like, hey, I'll I'll hit you up later with that product. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so it's just all about like, can do you believe that the person can actually deliver on on, on that uh on that product, right? Yeah. Um and so yeah, like but it, but as soon as you give that money, as soon as you hand that money over, yeah, it is buyer beware. But there should be some sort of responsibility that you feel that you took somebody's money, right? And you're like, okay, I, now I actually have to deliver, right, on what I what I'm telling these people. Yeah, but you're like right. a guy with a moral. <laughs> <laughs> like most people, I, I hate to say it, I feel like most projects go on Kickstarter just to get some money. Like I don't think, I I feel like I, I'm, I feel Wait, that Kickstarter. Yeah, I I know, I know. There's good ones out there, but I feel like, like this is coming from the game development community. Like most projects are mismanaged, right? Most projects I feel are under budgeted, right? Or over budgeted, but they they don't deliver. Understaffed. So, yeah. yeah. So how do you get these guys who are doing it the first time? Like it's less of a chance of this succeeding, right? Of knowing how to do it, even though you're a professional or whatever, it's it's hard to say that these guys will do it correctly. Where publishers are having a hard time figuring out if they've been doing it for years, so the expectation of Ray is, I think, is correct. It's like, yeah, you can back it, but just know that yeah. a lot of these projects don't they'll go through. I don't know the statistic of the Kickstarter projects, but I feel like most of them are probably failures, right? For games, basically. Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know the statistics either. But I think like if if Star Citizen goes the way that I think it's going, fucking Star Citizen, man, it will be it will be a huge, huge black mark on kickstarting anything. Are and like you in it to die, right? <laughs> That's what are you gonna say one day? Just a hundred million gone. Hundred. Uh, well, what did they have? Like one hundred twenty-five million, something like that. Oh my god! See. The thing is, a lot of people will make games to eventually get to that level of money. Yeah. I guess the problem is when you get that level of money before you've made the game, where's the incentive <laughs> to make the game? There's no incentive. That's <laughs> correct, man. Well, it, it can also backfire on you, right? You get all this money and you're like, okay, what am I going to do with this now? I know. I'm going to hire 100 people. And sometimes that's not the thing to do. Right. Yeah. Like sometimes it's, you have to take a step back and be like, hey, let me actually focus on our mission and, and take baby steps. Right. Because that's the, again, I'm going to just say that's what happened with Star Citizen. Right. It was like yeah. they, they got all this money and they're just like, OK, now we're going to make four games that nobody could ever make, you know, and, and try to put them all in one game. And nah. are they down so, to one feature now or are they still having all four feature now? Dude, that game that game was supposed to have farming in it, man. Farming in a space game, dude. What? Farming. Farming. I'm gonna say it again for you. Farming. <laughs> <laughs> in a space game. Like I mean, and that's on and that's on their roadmap before like jump gates in a space game. Come on now. Like, like just this lack of priority. So much money, dude. <laughs> How big is that team? Lack of priorities. And, and honestly, that's never going to get finished. Like, that's never going to show up. That feature is never going to show up. 
Yeah. But it's but it's on the roadmap before jump gates, which in a space game, if you if you know anything about space games, you kind of want jump gates so you can jump to different stars, right? Right? Like you need that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're farm. farming for the jump gates. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess you are. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, gentlemen, this is the very first, and I would at this point call it a success. I think you might see a lot more of this kind of content coming from us, the Game Dev Unchained podcast. Um, I just want to thank you both for being a part of this. I had a lot of fun. I can see by the tear wells in all of you guys' eyes that you did too. <laughs> but since no one else is talking and I've got the mic, this is Larry Charles. I'm going to say goodnight. Hey, thank you for joining us. It's Brandon Shadow. I'm out. Peace. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.